As we welcome along our vet, Dr. David Tabret, for another week. Great to have you here with us. And an interesting topic, kidney disease in cats. Dave, it's always a pertinent topic, but I thought we'd cover some of the basics so people can get an understanding of what to look out for. That is great. And we're continuing our conversation about cats, and we're going towards the kitty litter area with Daniel Carrington. Same thing. What's happening there? One thing when you've got cats, you've got to be cleaning the kitty litter trays daily because otherwise you can end up with a lot of mess and smell, can't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost like we prepared for this. You did. So, yeah, well, we're, yeah. We're good. We give the impression that we prepare. You're both <laughs> on the same page or paper, really, aren't So we're going to talk yeah. about the different types of kitty litter available and which one possibly works the best let's talk kitty litter right now daniel you've got a special (laughs) guest joining you love this topic dave don't you milling around there in the kitty litter look when you have a cat one of the facts of life is you have to clean the kitty litter and it should be really a daily occurrence because if you don't do it daily you could end up with lots of mess and smells yeah exactly If only we could all see your facial expressions, David. Uh, Look, so kitty litter, we're talking about kitty litter, and there's so many different types on the market, and there's lots of different varieties, and they do different things, and we've got a kitty litter expert on the phone, Michael Silvestri. Welcome to to the Pet Chat Radio Show. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. Look, um, first of all, cat litter, how does it work? Um, Calida works best by absorbing the urine and covering feces to reduce the growth of bacteria. Uh, varying degrees of success, uh, success depending on the litter, but um, covering the growth is, is of bac- covering the litter and, and stopping bacteria growth is the most important thing. Because surprisingly, most of the odour comes from the bacteria that grows in the residual pee that that may seep to the bottom or cling to the side of the tray, and not actually from the feces itself. Oh, really? Okay. Um, so if that's the case, what kind of cat litters are available on the market these days? There are a number of kinds, and uh, back in the day, you know, cats went into a uh, sandbox or even, even ash before that. But uh, these days, um, you know, you can get everything from uh, wood-based products. There's clay, uh, bentonites, uh, glass-based products, silica. And uh, right through to recycled newspaper, all of them trying to do the same thing um, and uh, all with uh, varying degrees of success. The the silica one that you talk about, is that like um, what they call in the market crystals, crystal litter? Correct, okay. yeah, or sometimes it's referred to as silica pearls as okay. well. Yeah. yeah. How do all those different types compare when it comes to environmental impacts? Uh, again, varying, uh, varying impacts on the environment. Uh, I think in Australia alone at the moment, we have uh, in excess of 200,000 tonnes of cat litter ending up in landfills. Wow. So uh, the environment, environmental impact uh, you know, can be significant, and that's even before we consider uh, mining or manufacturing the product. So it's important that when you choose a cat litter, to try and get something that's, uh, that's biodegradable, 100% ideally, so that um, you know, the uh, once that's um, been used, its disposal isn't going to have a negative impact on on uh, on the world we live in. So is that saying with two hundred thousand tons of cat litter ending up in landfill, is that because most people end up throwing the cat litter in the bin and rather than being able to dispose of it on, in soil or the toilet? Correct. Yeah, that's correct. And and also. It relates to the kind of cat litter for the clays, for instance. You obviously 
can't put them in compost or you can't, mm. as you say, put them down the toilet. They have to go into landfill and then that just becomes uh, another mound, if you like. Uh, recycled newspaper uh, goes into landfill, but that does break down, obviously. Silica pills take a long time to break down. Uh, whereas wood-based products, there's, there's some cat litters out there that uh, actually compost really well and you can even flush them down the toilet so uh, they just uh, break down the same as toilet paper. So, so if I'm a cat owner uh, mm-hmm. and or if I'm looking to buy a cat and I need to choose a, a litter that's going to be right for my cat, can you tell us how do we go about this? What well, do we need to look for? Yep, okay, good question. Uh, Daniel, what you ought to be looking for is something that has great absorbency because as we uh, stated at the start, um, the better the absorbency, the less chance of bacteria and groom, uh, germs growing. And um, so that's obviously going to eliminate the germs and also eliminate the odour that's attracted or that comes out of the bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, you want a litter that's 100% biodegradable, as we just mm-hmm. spoke about, because it's good for the environment. Um, obviously, you want a, a litter that delivers great value because um, it can be expensive. Um, and you want a litter that's gentle on your cat, so one that's safe to use through all of its life stages. So a couple of main things there is value, not necessarily in sort of, but value um, the environment and also the fact that um, it's uh, going to eliminate your, your odours and, and take care of germs. Now, DJ Dave wants to have yeah, a, look, a question put out here. Cats are known for being a little bit picky. You know, yeah. a little bit picky. Can you even give the best you can when it comes to that? And they still, oh, no, I'm not going in there. That's true. Um, but most times people, they, they will start their kittens on a litter and, and generally if you introduce it early enough, it'll uh, become used to that. But surprisingly, um, cats are adaptable. They don't like smell. So if you've got, if you've got a litter that's great on absorbency, um, and does uh, does master smells, they're more likely to use that than one that doesn't. Um, some litters, some cat litters are even um, heavily scented, and that can put some cats off as well. So they're in the in the natural wild. They uh, just normally they're used to uh, growing just in um, you know, the heritage. They would go just in sand or in in whatever dirt was available. So obviously there's no uh, there's no um, smells added into that. So if you can find something that smells very natural. Um, feels natural for them to dig because they have a natural uh, instinct to dig. Um, and I think they'll be, uh, you know, you'll find that uh, you'll, uh, you'll find a little bit of work. Now, in your, your organisation's done some trials and tests between all the different types of cat litter that are available on the market. And you found one that, that sort of stood above all the rest. Um, can you tell us a bit about that? Yes, it's uh, it's a litter that's come out of uh, Germany, out of Europe, and it's been popular over there in, for quite a while. Um, also popular and available in Asia for a while, and um, relatively new to Australia. So the brand is called Cat's Best. Um, there are two variants. There's an Oco Plus, which is a granulated litter for shorthead cats, and there's um, a brand called Nature's Gold, which is pelletised for longer head animals, and that just uh, stops tracking. What does that mean, stops tracking? Well, the uh, longer head animals uh, with, with the granulated litter can stick to their fur when they go to the toilet. Tracking is when they're walking away from the litter, litter box around the house and, you know, you find bits of litter everywhere. So mm. granulated track, uh, granulated litter can track with long haired cats and uh, pelletised litter generally doesn't. So that's why there's importance for those two varieties. Okay. 
Correct. And because um, this litter is extremely absorbent, uh, up to 700% of its own volume, most litters are around 200, um, it not only um, masks the odours very well, but uh, traps the germs inside as well. So if you imagine a cat going to the litter tray and then walking around the house, some of them jump on kitchen benches and, and kids' beds and tables and things, you know, you want to ideally hope that their paws are fairly clean. Good point. Good point, Michael. <laughs> yeah. So um, the other thing about this litter is it is uh, totally untreated uh, natural uh, wood fibre. So, and that's the ingenious part of it. The, uh, the odour and the germs are trapped in the capillaries inside the little grains um, as wood absorbs water, in, as a tree would absorb water naturally. So, um, and they're not treated uh, with any chemicals and they're totally biodegradable. So you can compost them. They'll break down faster than banana pills in your, uh, in your compost bin. And you can flush it down the toilet. It'll just break down the same as toilet paper. So the ease of all that is that you can empty a clump out of the litter tray, go to the toilet, put it in there and flush it down and it's gone. Now, doing some research on this topic, I did find lots of uh, YouTube videos with different types of cat mm-hmm. litters. It's quite amazing. And then um, I did come across the, the cat's best. And it's amazing how it works in terms of clumping. As soon as uh, the pee from the cat goes onto the litter, it just clumps and then it dries up and you can just scoop it out and put it to the side or, or, or put it down the toilet. It's amazing how well it works. So that, yeah, That's exactly right. And the great thing about it too is because it clumps so well, because it's so absorbent, you don't need to empty it every day or every second day oh, or yeah. once, even once a week like most litters. They uh, have done a number, there's been a number of independent tests and trials and we've done them ourselves. And the cat litter... Um, will stay in the in the litter tray for four to six weeks. All you do is clump, uh, remove the clumps and top up as required. But uh, let's, so let's imagine it's a single, hat, uh, single cat household um, and the cat toilets normally, you know, you'll, you'll fill that tray up and, and four to six weeks later it'll still be there. You, you would have topped it up and you would have removed some, um, some clumps, but, uh, but you're not having to empty it out, which also saves a bit of time. Um, but the great thing about this litter again, and it's it's one of its best selling points, um, not just the value with uh, it delivers through not having to replace it so quickly, is that in Asia, you know, and in Europe, there's a lot of apartment living uh, going on, and uh, people go out, and the cat stays inside all the time. So when they come home, you know, there's no smell, and that's the best thing for them. They uh, they enjoy the fact that the house is uh, is litter smell free. Michael, that's really great information. If someone wanted to know a bit more information about this particular cat litter, what was the website for it? It is www.catsbest.com.au. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time. Really good to hear about a good quality cat litter, and it's German-made, just like Mercedes-Benz and BMW and Audi, so it's got to be pretty good, don't you think? Might have uh, (laughs) excess diesel emissions. (laughs) Is this common, kidney disease in cats? Very common, Dave. It, uh, is a, we see it in older cats mostly, and um, in those cases it's a chronic degenerative disease. So basically the kidneys are just wearing out. Um, and, you know, that's most vets uh, will be familiar with that, and I suspect that if you talk to most cat owners, 
they will have had a cat or have a cat. What leads to this? That, is it uh, dietary? or? Well, it's a really interesting question because um, we do see some cats are actually born and if with kidney disease and uh, there's uh, certain breeds that can actually get what's called polycystic kidney disease and that's where when they're born there's a, a deformity or a change in the, the structure of the kidney. So instead of having this normal kidney shape um, it's just basically full of cysts and it can't work and uh, you know there's really very little that can be done for those guys because both kidneys are usually like that and we just hope that it's not too bad um, but we also see infections so there, there are viral infections there's uh, parasitic infections and very often the most common one we see is a chronic bacterial infection which is usually uh, can be an ascending infection which means it travels uh, from the outside up the urethra into the bladder and then up the ureters into the kidney or it's come from the bloodstream because remember the kidneys can get they get a huge amount of blood supply you know 25 percent of the output of the heart goes straight through the kidney so uh, if there is a the possibility of bacteria floating around they could end up there um the other v viewing a cat, what are mm. some of the outward signs that there may be a kidney issue that we're not aware of? Well, most likely what people say to us is that their cat is drinking more. And uh, coming back to the topic that Danny had today, which was talking about litter tray, they'll say that the cat is actually using the litter tray more, they're having to clean it more, or indeed the cat's not using the litter tray and starting to go everywhere else around the house. And that's because of what we call polyuria. So that is poly meaning lots of urea meaning urine so lots of urine and uh, oftentimes that'll occur at night because the cat's locked up for a longer period and accompany that if you don't see that but you might see your cat drinking more so polydipsia where they're actually consuming more water and in most cases when we see a cat drinking more water it's because they're urinating more, not just because they almost sounds want like to drink more. Diabetic sort of symptoms too. Well, that's right, and and diabetes is uh, a very common presentation for a cat that's um, drinking more and urinating more, but um, and also in some diabetics they can end up with kidney disease as well. Also, we see diabetes in older cats frequently, and they may have kidney disease at the same time, but. On its own, kidney disease, the other thing that we uh, see a lot of is um, different types of cancer. So in cats, uh, in particular, we see a type of cancer called lymphosarcoma, and that can infiltrate into the kidney. There's also a few other sort of more carcinomas. Now, can can the kidney can issues come with age in the cat, or can you see young cats that have it? Well, if we exclude the cats that are born with problems, sometimes we can see it if they have a particularly nasty infection. At a, as, a, as a young cat, they can then develop uh, kidney disease from that age. And certainly there are some uh, cats that are going to... This Danny Keep is... playing over there with your toys, yeah. with your matchbox cars. And <laughs> Daniel. Um, so it's certainly... my headpiece, my headpiece. <laughs> it's the princess. Um, <laughs> certainly we can see in some, yeah, probably middle-aged, but generally it's older cats. So most of the time people will recognise this as an older cat and if you have a cat that's indoors you're going to see it more compared to a cat that's outside because you're observing them more things like that now some of those conditions because there's a wide range of possibilities we really need to get to a diagnosis uh, so that we can advise you on you know when I, I see a cat with this condition I'm going to work out how can we treat it well I would need to know what we're treating because for instance if it's a bacterial infection that's one 
one thing with maybe chronic antibiotics versus virus or is it degenerative disease where there may not be much treatment or even cancer there may be some chemotherapy treatments so there's quite a few different things um, you know, you asked about diet earlier. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the time what we do is we'll actually modify the cat's diet to reduce the protein output and uh, so that we can adjust the way that protein's handled in the body because the nitrogen that's excreted puts a heavy load on the kidneys. And so we need to modify their diet. And that helps. Certainly it helps. We modify the amount of phosphorus they're getting because high phosphorus levels, uh, which are contained in lots of meat, for instance, um, uh, toxic to kidneys as well. So, um, you know, we can modify diet, we can use antibiotics, we can use chemotherapy drugs. If we're really getting to that point and we've still got a relatively otherwise healthy cat, then, um, you know, we may even look at kidney transplants. They're possible as well. Although not frequently done, they, they can be done. But the other big thing that's really coming out now is dialysis. And okay. so we can actually do dialysis for cats, wow. exactly the same as people. So it's done as uh, peritoneal dialysis where we put a fluid into the abdomen and it circulates around and absorbs toxins and then we take the fluid out. Uh, or the other option is to do hemodialysis where they have to be connected up to a pump which filters the blood. And obviously that's a huge commitment and you know a lot of people probably aren't going to go to that path, but certainly we can improve and extend the quality and quantity of life for many of these cats, along with all the other therapies that we talked about. Talking about kidney disease, and one of the very important areas is about how do you prevent that? Yes. Well, certainly there are some breeds that you want to be alert to, and there are certain breeds that actually, uh, like Himalayans and so on, for instance, that will do uh, screening of parents and ultrasounding, and that can be done at young ages to look for congenital disease. The other thing is to make sure that your cats are vaccinated. So we want to keep them away from, you know, viral illnesses. What age should we be looking at for that, for the vaccinations? Well, they have their kitten vaccinations. So, um, you know, uh, probably about six to eight weeks and then 10 to 12 and 16 weeks. And then subsequently as adults um, every 12 months. So uh, vaccination is important. Uh, parasite control is important, which means also regular health checks. And I think yes. that's probably the critical thing. When you talk to your veterinarian at the regular health tech, they'll go over all of those, uh, you know, normal uh, health and wellness aspects, but also diet. And so if we find cats, for instance, that have a just a total meat diet, um, then we're probably going to need to look at that cat a bit closely and being alert for those symptoms as your cat ages. A lot of the time, some blood tests and urine tests uh, on an annual basis are a really good way to keep track of this problem as well. So that's a few tips from a preventative thing. The trick with kidney disease is it can sometimes be a bit difficult to pick it up until it's quite advanced, but there mm. are new diagnostic tests that are now coming out that uh, will detect kidney disease at an earlier stage, which means we can start treatment a lot earlier. Is there many things that can be done once it is detected and you've found that there is kidney oh, disease? Oh, sure. Sure. I mean, if we're talking about those chronic bacterial things, then obviously appropriate antibiotic therapy could be most useful. Uh, a lot of the new uh, cancers that we find in cats are quite treatable. Uh, and there are some other endocrine disorders, like we mentioned diabetes, uh, but there's also um, thyroid disease that can be treated as well. And they're the things that help keep the kidneys healthy. So if we're alert to the signs, we have regular checkups and we communicate with our uh, veterinary care professionals, then you'll be able to keep your cat in uh, 
healthier state for a lot longer. Good to talk about that today. That is uh, kidney uh, problems and disease in cats. We're looking at our Pet Rescue Animal of the Week today now. All the details are at 2NURFM.com, including photos. But what have you got for us there today? Well, it's been a cat show today because we've got a cat. Her name is Lucy. And Lucy is is a 14-week-old short-haired girl. She is just very small-framed, sleek, but a real sweetheart. And if you do work from home and you do some work on your computer, Lucy would love to be able to just sleep by the on the desk by the side and every so often have an occasional swipe on the keyboard. She's um because she's quite young, so she's not overly active and she gets tired very easy. So she likes to have a nap throughout the day many times. Lucy does have a little bit of a story behind her. Uh, she was left in a box at someone's front door four weeks ago with a note that said please love me. Mm. And so she's been in a foster home ever since and we're trying to find a nice home for Lucy to go to. She's a good eater. She's litter trained, vaccinated, microchip, wormed and flea treated. And if you want to know more about Lucy, you can talk to Nikki from Cat Rescue Port Stevens and her number, if you've got a pen and paper handy, her number is 0418 487 And more details at 2 including some photos there of Lucy. Well worth going to have a look, and that's our Pet Rescue Animal of the Week. At 7 away from 1, we are on the 25th today of November, so of course we're only one month away from the 25th of December Christmas. Mm. As we head towards Christmas, what about those who like to really involve their cats and dogs in Christmas and get a gift or a present for them? What are some suggestions you may have or some things we should be staying away from that aren't good for our dogs and cats? Well, when I come back in two weeks, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Christmas hazards. Yes. But I think if uh, we just quickly can touch on some things that are safe. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, most of the time, um, and cats, this is a very important point. When you actually get, if you ever have a cat and you buy this really good toy for them and it comes in a box and you get it out and they give it to the cat and they go over and they jump in the box. They love the box. They love the boxes. Some kids love the box. I know. Well, you could put you can put your cat in the box. We don't recommend putting your kids in the box. But uh, just be aware that oftentimes the wrapping and particularly the tinsel and ribbons with cats, they will play with them. They love them. They get, you know, grab them, chase them and everything, but they can be quite harmful. We do see problems with cats that actually swallow them and it will cut their intestine. So just be careful when you are looking at these things. You know, they may be, Danny, you probably would see you get uh, Christmas packages for pets and they're wrapped Mm. up with cellophane, ribbon around them, and people will open them for their cats and that's great. But the ribbon just gets discarded and that's actually the thing that can be most dangerous. They're the things we have to be careful of, yes. Mm. So well, we'll explore that further in two absolutely. weeks with you. And you've got one more topic you wanted to share with us before we go today. Just a quick follow-up on our litter tray story today, and I think it ties in nicely with our kidney disease. A lot of times I talk to people about their cats that are doing what we call inappropriate urination, where they're not using the litter tray properly. And one of the things I know is that cats that have kidney disease, because they're urinating so frequently, uh, you know, they'll use the kitty litter once and then go elsewhere. So regular cleaning, and obviously if there's newer litters like we heard that are more absorbent, then that's useful as well. The other thing is that sometimes it's behavioural, and one of the things I tell people is you need one tray per cat plus one. So if you've got two cats, you need three trays. And also, if you're still having trouble, maybe try two different types of litter. Some cats like the green. In different locations in the house? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And don't put them in a thoroughfare. Will they uh, frequent both, do you think? Yes, yes, they will. Um, Absolutely. And some cats will... You can get covered ones. Okay. You know, cats can be pretty private. Um, 
So you'll get some cats like the pelleted ones, some cats like the sand ones, and I've even seen some cats that just like, you know what, I don't I don't need any litter, I just need a bare surface. And so, you know, they're, they're the ones that jump in your bath and use the bath as a litter tray. Maybe the, they need a specific litter tray where you're not filling it up with stuff. Just before we go, you're our doctor, you're our vet. We had the hottest day last Friday, over 40 oh, degrees, and yes. tomorrow's shaping up to be another day like that. We've got to be mindful of our pets. Plenty of Thanks for the reminder, Dave. Plenty of fresh water, cool, make sure it's refillable, and make sure your pet can't tip the bucket out because that's what happens. They knock yeah. them over and then they're without water. They're done for hours then with no water. Yeah, and even in the shade, it can be really cool, particularly if it's the shade of a building, shade of trees. And I do know that, uh, particularly because I'm a, a bulldog owner myself now, I've put my hand up for that, that, um, uh, you know, just being in the backyard can be too hot. They need often to be in air-conditioned comfort. Uh, and I've got two little friends in Melbourne who are enjoying hot weather today because we're getting it tomorrow, and that's Marvin and Elvis. So I hope they're coping all right. In the and, and you've got a lady friend in Melbourne also that you're saying hello to. It's coming up that's, here soon. Oh, don't I, I don't not, tell. I that's Marvin that. and Elvis. Don't tell my I wife that. You're talking about dogs. <laughs> Marvin and Elvis. And they're real people, are they? No, no. That's, they're, they're the two foxies. Yeah. Oh, there you go. But you do have a lady friend that's coming up I've here. I've got lots of friends everywhere, Dave. <laughs> I'm all right. Yes, they're coming to visit. Uh, coming to live here. Thank you Marvin for today. and Elvis are coming. <laughs> we'll talk to you in two weeks' time. <laughs> See you, Dave. Dr. David Tamron, and thank you also to Daniel Carrington for yeah, pet You're welcome. Today. Goodbye.